Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here joining me is Mr. Ro Hancock. How are we going, Nick? Mate, this is our first episode, you and I holding down the fort, the first episode since the season ended. Yes. Denver Nuggets being crowned champions. What a hole in our lives it has left now. The bowl is officially over. It's an empty feeling, isn't it? Isn't it's it what? A, it's basically a constant for, what is it, three quarters of a year, and then it just disappears all of a sudden, and you're feeling feeling all alone. So I, I don't it's, like it very much. I agree wholeheartedly. It's um, There is a big hole, a big void left mm. to fill, mm-hmm. but there's still plenty of action going on. No doubt. The first pit stop on the road to next season is the NBA draft, which which was done today, mm, um, mm. hot off the press. So we're going to recap that momentarily, as well as a couple of league-altering trades that went down during the week. So very excited to get into that in a mm. moment as well. Before we do so, though, as I say, week in and week out, a big shout-out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, both those networks continuing to do fantastic things for us and showcasing our work here. Despite the season being over, their, their efforts and endeavours are continuing on. So very appreciative of all their continued hard work and support. Right, let's get into the NBA draft, as I mentioned, was was on today. Mm. And to the surprise of absolutely nobody, the number one pick, the San Antonio Spurs, took Victor Wenbenyama. It has been inevitable for the best part of the last 12 months. It has. Mm. Um, it was, uh, he still almost looked quite choked up today, though, didn't he? Yeah, well, he was. I think he was just... I know they all say that it's a, it's a surreal feeling, but like until your name's actually called out, um, you, you really never know how it's going to go. And I think he was basically saying that he just dreamt of Adam Silver calling his name out for months on end, obviously being touted as the number one, clear number one um, draft pick for a long time. Yeah. And then to finally, after all this time here, it, it's just a weight off the shoulders and, it's yeah, been a big build-up. It, it, it has a been a big build-up. There's been so much hype, and that's only going to intensify as we as we get close to the season mm. tipping off. Being touted as well, the best prospect since LeBron James, arguably the greatest prospect in NBA history. No pressure. That is, oh, I tell you what, like they are big, big shoes to fill. You know, there has been so much said about him. He is an absolute animal, an alien to say the least. He is. Do you think he'll make an immediate impact straight away with the Spurs team, or mm. do you think he'll, it'll take him a little bit of time to adjust and find his feet within the league? I think he'll make an immediate impact. Um, yeah, I tend to think so too. He, he's got a really mature head on his shoulders as well for a, for a young guy and all the weight of the world on his shoulders, but I think he'll handle it quite well. And we we know that they're going to run the offense through him. You don't draft someone <laughs> with the, at the caliber of Victor Wembanyama and then expect, you know, one of these other role players to run that team. So Especially on that team, hey, because on that there's team no one else that's yeah. really going to be doing too much damage, you wouldn't think, on the offensive side. No, for um, sure. So he's going to be able to get whatever he wants mm. when he wants, mm, which he is will. exciting for us as fans. For sure, for sure. What, but, what odds do you reckon he is paying for Rookie of the Year next year? I would imagine pretty short. I would <laughs> as imagine it would be around get. the dollar five mark. It would be quite short, wouldn't it? Very short, and but and rightly so. Um, but that being said, a lot of a lot of talent in the league. I'll rattle through the top fifteen, um, and then a couple of other notable names as well mm-hmm. that we've alluded to over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the number two spot to the Hornets was Brandon Miller, mm-hmm. much to the chagrin of our main man Lee. <laughs> well, he was um, not happy, was he? Who couldn't be here tonight, but uh, he let his feelings be known during the day. <laughs> Um, the man he wanted, number three, the Portland Trailblazers selected Scoot Henderson. Four was Eamon Thompson to the Houston Rockets. Five was Asar Thompson mm. going to the Detroit Pistons. Number six, the Orlando Magic selected Anthony Black. Number seven, the Pacers selected Bilal Kulabali 
Eight, Jarris Walker to the Wizards. Number nine to Utah was Taylor Hendricks. Ten to the Dallas Mavericks was Kaysom Wallace. Eleven to the Magic was Jet Howard. Twelve to the Thunder was Derek Lively the second. Thirteen to the Toronto Raptors, arguably the, the best name within this draft class, Grady Dick. Uh, <laughs> yes. Fourteen to the New Orleans Pelicans was Jordan Hawkins. And fifteen to the Atlanta Hawks was Kobe Burfkin. Mm-hmm. Um, other notable names that we've mentioned about was Cam Whitmore, who went number 20 to the Houston yes, Rockets. I'll touch on this shortly. Uh, Chris Murray, the, the twin brother of Keegan Murray there, mm. went 23rd to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, it's a shame. One pick before the 24th pick that the Sacramento Kings had. Yeah. Um, which was disappointing. Um, but then another name that many people would be familiar with um, if you tuned into our NBL show especially, uh, Ryan Rupert from the New Zealand Breakers. He went with the 43rd pick to the Portland Trailblazers. And number 47, a former Cairns Taipan, Mojave King, went mm. to the Lakers. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, there you have it. There's a bit of a quick recap of some of the notable names in the top 15. I was quite surprised by the fact that Asar Thompson went number five. Yeah, it was a little bit of a shock, wasn't it? He, he was sort of touted around the five to ten mark, but yeah. I think most mock drafts had him going later. But it was just a really good news story to see his brother I mean, come drafted just the pick yep. before him and then him coming out the pick after. And there's no doubt that they're going to both make an impact pretty early on in their careers. Um, and it's just going to be fun to see those brothers out there competing against each other. They both look like they're ultra competitive. Yeah. And, um, sometimes that's the difference in getting drafted that highly, having that dog in you, I guess. So, I reckon they've got a bit of a wager because they're both on rebuilding teams, the Rockets and the Pistons, mm-hmm. respectively. Do you think they've got a bit of a wager maybe put in place now as to you know the loser, the one who has the worst record, you know, pays up or has a punishment of some kind? Yeah, potentially. Although, I mean, Thompson came out, I think it was today or yesterday, and said he feels like he's in the bad part of a divorce because <laughs> Asar Thompson got to keep the PS5. So oh. he's already he's already got the rough end of the stick. But, um, I dare yeah. say with the rookie contract he's getting, mate, PS5's on tap, I would imagine. Oh, I think so, I um, reckon. Next point, question for you, Ro. Yes. yes or no? Scoot Henderson went number three. Were you a fan of the grill he was rocking? I thought he, I thought he actually pulled it off quite well. Like, Not many can. I, I think sometimes you need that bit of swag and that <laughs> bit, that personality to pull it off, and he certainly pulled it off. And he, he's a, he comes off as such a confidence, doesn't he? Guy, doesn't he? Like, oh. like some people might call it cocky, but I think he's just got that really likable, infectious personality. Yeah. And that translates to his on-court game as well. Like 100%. He's got so much energy on the court, uh, many comparisons to Russell Westbrook, and you can see how that also comes off the court as well. He's, he's a loud personality, but I love it. Were you surprised? Um, a lot of the talk has been around the Blazers and what they would do with this pick. Mm. Um, not so much as to who they'd get, but what they would do with it in terms of trading it off for another big piece. Still certainly time to explore trade options. Mm. Did, did you think something would be done tonight? Um like involving the Blazers or, you know, did you think they would hold on to it and maybe, you know, get their player first, whether it was Miller or Henderson, and now Mm. they might, you know, evaluate the options at their their disposal? Yeah, well, I mean, as JJ Reddick said throughout the broadcast, this pick was always going to have ramifications regardless of what happened. So the fact that they've gone with Scoot Henderson almost, now it almost seems like Dame might be offloaded going forward, whereas if they did trade that pick for other established mm-hmm. players who can help Dame win now, yep. um, then obviously he would have been staying. But now you do get the feeling that Dame's time in Portland 
I think it's well over overdue as, as it is, but I think it's expiring. It's like the nail in the coffin. Yeah, it really does. Really does. So, um, I, I, I love the pick by the Portland Trailblazers because I think it's a guy who can who they can really well and truly establish yep. their rebuild around. But that won't involve Damian Lillard. I don't believe anyway. No, I don't think so. It's, there's not a world in which you see in which they keep Dame and Scoot. Um, so. It's no. just not where their trajectory, where their timeline's headed. If they want to win a title with Dame, they've got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. They want to start building, putting places in the in for the future with Anthony Simons and, and Scoot Henderson kind of leading this team. Um, you know, Dame's on the way out. So it's a real – they've got a funny next month or two coming up, maybe even shorter, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, the way these rumours are flying around. Yeah, I think I heard something on Twitter, the ever-reliable source that Twitter is. That, Absolutely. That, that Damien Lillard over the next week or so will be strongly – thinking about whether his future lies within Portland or not. I guess that'll be communicating with the front office as well and saying, look, I, I see we've drafted Scoot. Is there also plans to try and get some other really established names mm. to help me win? If not, might be bye-bye Portland. For bye-bye. Day. Absolutely. Mm. Was, was there anything else? You know, it's quite quite fresh on the mind because it mm. happened today. So we haven't had quite enough time to probably process or digest everything that's gone down throughout the last 24 hours. Mm. Was there anything in particular that stood out, you know, elsewhere from the draft for yourself? Grady Dick suit. Grady starters. <laughs> With a name like that, you can wear whatever you want. You can't can. You? Uh, now, what did we make of it? That was the loudest suit. I, I didn't really that's, think I'd be no seeing that me. kind of, it, yeah, it was a no from me as well. It's I a think no it from was... me. I'm a very meat and potatoes kind of, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I don't have that in the kit bag. Fair play to him. Mm. Um, but that's you would never in a million years catch me in something like that. No, no. I think um, it, look credit to him because he he didn't back down from it. You know, sometimes <laughs> when people wear things that they're well and truly not capable of wearing, yep. and their personality comes off as almost a bit like embarrassed to wear it. He was he certainly wasn't embarrassed. He was sort of embracing the suit. So it, that stood out to me. But something that I wanted to touch on that you touched on just earlier is Cam Whitmore. Going 20 there with the with the Rockets. Now, that's a huge slide. A guy who many thought would be around the 5, 6, 7, 8 mark. Yeah. I think that's where he was projected on most mock drafts. And mm-hmm. to fall down to pick 20, that's a significant drop. We think like a few years ago with Tyrese Halliburton, he was probably projected to go around the 4, 5 mark. And I think he ended up dropping mm-hmm. outside the top Ten maybe. Oh, I don't or, want to call you. I, I know uh, he, he did, did drop, drop significantly. He did drop yep. a bit, but this is even more significant. And it, I was thinking all throughout until he actually got drafted. Ooh. What is was he in the, the reason? Yeah, in this draft, as you get to pick I was thinking, 16, 17. am I missing something? And even like the draft experts and analysts were bewildered as to why he didn't get picked. He's got the NBA ready stereotypical mm. body. He's apparently got a lot going for him, yeah. and. You just have to wonder if it may have been like the the draft interviews, the personality tests that they run. They certainly play a part. So it, it was just something that stood out to me and I'm very interested now to see how he plays next season because I, I, I would imagine he would have a very significant chip on that shoulder of his. And well done to the Rockets. Though. Oh, Taking- I was just about to say, getting... Um, Eamon Thompson and Cam Whitmore. Oh, it, that they would have Stoked. taken that any day of the week, given that they were both coming in as you know pretty much touted as top five draft picks. Both of them, obviously, we know. Mm. I mean, went first, but um, yeah, to get him at twenty, that's that's amazing. Just on one of my picks, um, Chris Murray, twenty third, third pick, went with the Portland Trailblazers. Mm. Just 
kind of rehashing what we just spoke about in the Scoot Henderson situation, I kind of like the idea of moving on from Dame, I think, with mm. what he can provide Chris Murray, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons. You know, they've got a couple of other young players that could help, you know, in this transition mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. as well as what they'll get back for Dame. Yep. I think they're poised for a nice, like a nice entry into rebuilding. Some teams, they just, it goes off a train, like mm. off a cliff. Mm. Um, I think they've got the potential to do it quite well. Um, and too. probably, you know, in probably quicker fashion than some of these other teams, I think having a, a more experienced body in Murray there, um, he'll help speed up that trajectory. I, I think there's possibilities there for them to do this rebuild and do it well. Yeah, I think they're now now that they've taken Scoot, they're now in the perfect situation to actually commit to that rebuild because mm. it potentially could have been a different story if they, for example, had maybe the sixth, seventh, eighth pick, for example. Absolutely. They're getting someone who they're not entirely confident can turn their franchise around and you in turn, you're a bit more hesitant to offload Dane. But now you're getting someone like Scoot who I know he went third, but like if Wemby wasn't in that draft, he could have easily gone to one because Absolutely. I think just on talent alone, apart from Wemby, he's the most NBA-ready guy in that draft and the potential just through the roof. I agree. So I think I think now is the time to offload Dane, commit to the rebuild, build around Scoot. And, and that's probably see what they're what thinking, isn't it? That they essentially got a number one pick. But I think so. Like, I think so. We, we're not including Wemby because that's just a completely different situation mm. off the dial. Um, you would argue, and many people did, that he should have gone above Brandon Miller. Yeah. That's probably a bit of an oversight by the Hornets. So you're looking at it in the Blazers' front office. You're like, we got a number one pick. Yeah, yeah, no um, doubt. Perfect. Let's build around him. So... Very exciting things to come in Portland, I think. Yeah. And look, I might might just mention that's no disrespect to Brandon Miller whatsoever. Of course because not. he's a, he's highly talented and I think he'll have establish a really good career. But I think Scoot Henderson, just in terms of talent uh apart from Wemby. And upside, I, I think, as well. He's just got huge potential and that's the kind of guy who you'd love to lead your franchise forward. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Was there anything else, Roy, that stuck out before we move on? Um not really, to be honest. I think we've covered most of the main points. I was, yeah. I know you mentioned Rayon Rupert before, but really happy to see that NBL, NBL um, talent that we saw a few times last season. to the Blazers as well. And to the Blazers, yeah. Yep, there yep. you go. Look so at that, building nicely. Another quality pick. And we've seen him. He's got he's got raw talent. I think he, he, does. he could, like he might not make an impact straight away, but I think just watch his space with him. Well said. Mm. Excellent, Ro. Let's push on, mate. The Daily Dribble. Now, as we said, there were some monster, monster trades that went on throughout the course mm. of the week, league-altering to say the least, across both the Eastern and Western Conference. We'll, we'll go through these and we'll just hash them out and see what the actual takeaways are. Yeah. Um, we'll start first and foremost with the big penny to drop being the Washington Wizards sending Bradley Beal to Phoenix. Um, they have The deal actually involved um, the Wizards landed six second-round picks and fir- four first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill, Isaiah Todd, and Jordan Goodwin went to the Suns, whilst Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and those picks went to the uh, to the Wizards. Mm-hmm. I'll touch on it in a moment. The Wizards have since rerouted Chris Paul with him ending up. Um, I was about to say, where's he ending up? It seems like an absolute blur, but he's ending up in San Francisco in with the, the with the Warriors. There, we'll touch on that momentarily. But this this trade here, the big piece, Bill to the Suns, right? Mm-hmm. If they had to keep Aiton. They're paying the top four players, Bill, KD, Booker, and Aiton, a combined $163 million Goodness. already in the luxury tax whilst having to fill out the rest of their roster. 
and they don't have any control of their own draft picks till 2031. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is huge. This is they have throwing the kitchen sink to win a title with this this big four. They they really have, and it it might be an unpopular opinion because I guess when you look at this squad on paper, particularly the starting five, you think to yourself, "Geez, this this squad could achieve anything." You got three guys who could average thirty on their day, and yep. most of them have, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of Brooklyn two point yes. just in terms of you've got this super team, you've got this high end talent, but we know that sometimes just putting three superstars together doesn't always equate to championships or, or even, you know, Eastern Conference Finals or Western yep. Conference Finals in this case. So um, I there's a lot to play out for mine. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be jumping on them too early. No. I, I just want to wait to see how these three go together. And the fact of the matter is that their depth now is just, like it was already questionable before and now it's even worse. And if I were the Phoenix Suns, I don't know about you, Nick, but I'd, potentially consider trading DeAndre Ayton for a few pieces that could come off yep. the bench and provide them with that. Could you start Landau Biombo as you kind of your centre stocks? I think. Would they be good enough for... with the with the other talent they've got around them? I, yeah. I, I think if if the if the trade off was trading Ayton for more for more depth, I think I would do that and mm-hmm. have maybe Jock Landau at the starting five. He doesn't need the ball. He doesn't need to score. He's going to play hard. Yeah. That's yep. probably what they need. He's going to be a little bit undersized, but um, Aiton is as well. Like mm-hmm. whoever it is in the Western Conference, it's running through Jokic at the minute. Mm-hmm. Anyone's going to get eaten on the boards by him. For sure. Um, so I think that's probably the way to go, and that's a lot of the talk surrounding Aiton at the minute. Mm-hmm. The only thing I worry about is, you know, we know KD can handle the rock and, and book out. Like who is – Who's diamond up these blokes? Who's like, the who's facilitator? The, yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're all natural-born killers. Um, they want buckets. They want points. Get to their spot. But who's going to get them the ball? That's such a good question. It's one that I've been thinking of as well because they've lost one of the best facilitators in of all time in Chris Paul, even though he was getting on in age. And now they're left with three sort of like pure scorers almost. Yeah. And what, who's going to be the facilitator? I really don't know at the, at the moment because I don't think – I don't think it would, I don't think it will be KD. And as for Bill and Devin Booker, they've haven't made their name around no. being facilitators throughout the course of their career so far. And I just don't know how that's going to work. But they're going to have to implement that side of things into their game. Sort of like I guess if we're going back to the Brooklyn comparison, sort of like James Harden had to do. Like yeah. he probably wasn't known as the facilitator. One of them had to adapt, but he just had to do it. And I think one of these guys are going to have to learn pretty quickly. Bloody oath they are on the Wizards side. Um, getting Chris Paul, you know, since rerouted, six second round draft picks and fir- fir- four mm. <laughs> first round pick swaps. It's a good haul in their quest to rebuild. Like they've mm. made the decision. Um, Kuzma declining his option. We'll touch on a moment getting rid of Porzingis, Bill. Like they have completely just nuked this whole thing. They have. Um, mm. And we often say here it's an absolute, uh, it's almost daily dribble folklore. We hate mediocrity. Mm, we do. Uh, we hate those We're teams. We're known for it. We, absolutely. We hate those teams that sit in the middle <laughs> and, and the Wizards have made the conscious choice to, to not be that anymore mm. because they've, good since the John Wall, Bradley Bill iteration, moving on from Wall into this next phase of things, they've never been anything more than first-round fodder mm. or a playing team. Mm. Uh, so I think it's probably a decision, you know, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Is Bill ever going to get moved? Is he going to get moved? Probably last week we spoke about it. Yep. They've finally made the choice to go that direction, um, and I, I think they've done the right thing. I feel like this is almost the off-season where we're actually seeing this change that we've hoped for for so many years. We 
yes. about Bradley Bill. Obviously, he's already been traded to the Phoenix Suns, but then obviously Damian Lillard as well. Mm-hmm. Another guy who we think, like, we do value loyalty to some extent, but sometimes when you, you just know when it's not working. 100%. You, and once they head off, it's almost like a sigh of relief. Um, and I think the Washington Wizards, to fully commit to the rebuild, sort of like Oklahoma City did when they before they drafted some of their guys that they've got at the moment, it's sort of it's endearing because it's like, it okay, we know that you want to start from scratch and turn things around and exactly. you're not just going to sit, sit in that middle area for God knows how long. Exactly. Well, another team that pulled, well, actually speaking of the Wizards, should I say, <laughs> um, they had a big trade that went down. Was this yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Mm, it's a bit it, of a blur, but yeah, um, I think so. Initially had a deal involving a three-team trade involving the Wizards, Celtics and Clippers. Uh, it looked pretty much official. Done deal. You yep. might have seen on our socials. Uh, check them out if you're not already. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. We put something up about the initial trade. Only an hour or two later, that got pulled. The official trade that went through was a three-team involving the Celtics, Wizards, and Grizzlies, in which the Celtics receive Kristaps Porzingis. Mm. The Wizards receive Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and the number 35 pick in today's draft. And the Grizzlies receive Marcus Smart. Now, Ro, you're a resident Boston fan. How do you feel about getting KP here? Um, and, so, and do you? And I'll ask you this as well. On that, do you feel better about this trade or the one that looked like it was going through, getting rid of Brogdon? Uh, I think I, I. So, from a Celtics fan perspective, I probably wanted. I would have preferred <laughs> the first trade over this second trade because I don't think many people realise, unless you're a Boston Celtics fan like I am, that Marcus Smart. Even though he wasn't our best player, he was our heart and soul of that squad. It's like from a, I know this is how you, we could relate, Nick, from a Tasmanian Jack Jumbers 100%. perspective, if we pulled out someone like Jack McVeigh, yep. he's, he's not our best player, even though he's one of our best, but he's just the heart and soul and it makes Absolutely. a huge impact. So don't get me wrong. I, I love the fact that we've tried to make a move to, considerably improve our chances of winning the championship next year. And if Kristaps Porzingis has a year like he had last season, career best season, then I think we're going to be very difficult to beat, particularly in the East. But I just also really hate the fact that we got rid of Marcus Smart. Um, I hope it it doesn't affect team chemistry because sometimes one guy is all it takes for the whole thing to come crumbling down. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of a wait and see for mine. I, I like the idea behind it, like the want to get better and the yep. want to take that ne- next step. But, um, yeah, you've ripped the heart and soul out and it's it's sort of a difficult pill to swallow. Wicked move for the Grizzlies. They've got now the yes. two reigning back-to-back uh, defensive player of the years. You know, they've lost Tyus sure. Jones. Okay, he was a bit of a spark plug, showed flashes throughout the season, but you're getting mm. Marcus Smart. Mm. Uh, that is a huge, huge upgrade. He'll kind of fill the void left by Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks. Um, a real, real solid addition, I think, to that team. And they're going to need someone who's a locker room leader. Yep. Um, you know, Jars out for the first 25 games. He's going to feel a big part of that their squad throughout that period. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Wizards side of things, they get another another draft pick. Tyus Jones will, you know, these players, Gallinari, Mike Muscala, it's not really about winning for them at the no, minute. So. really not. Doesn't really matter. Got rid of Porzingis and his contract. Um, again, signifying that they've really delved into this this rebuild. But the Celtics, I agree, bro. I think it's it's going to be a real wait and see, and that's kind of a not a cop out answer, 
but it'll be interesting to see how he can coexist in a yeah. in a lineup with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You know, that's it's not easy to fit in, and he's coming off arguably one of the better years of his career. Mm. Showed some real consistency, really competent at knocking down the three ball, and really kind of elevated himself to possibly the number one guy there in Washington. Yeah. Whereas now yeah. he's going to slide to number three. Mm, um, how will he accept that? How will he accept that indeed? But it's as, as funny. I think it's increased your upside, mm. but it's also increased your floor as yep. well. Like it could Things go horribly, yep. horribly wrong. Mm, so I agree. I agree. It's, a, uh, it's an exciting one. It's going to be exciting to play with on 2K, the Celtics, I reckon now. Fairly handy squad, isn't it? I oath it is. Um, losing Gallinari. You know, we didn't see him all season long. Miss Scarlett didn't really contribute too much. Mm. Keeping Brogdon, I think, is is beneficial. It's ha- uh, it is handy. It is handy. It was sort of as we saw with the two trade requests. It was either Brogdon or Marcus Smart. So I guess keeping six man of the year. It's pick your poison, yeah, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it really is. Like so. either way, you're losing a big integral piece of what you guys did this season, and for Marcus Smart longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you've got to you got to pull the trigger, don't you? Got to give up something to get something. Unfortunately. Well, to culminate these big three trades, there was another massive one today um, that involved the Wizards. And the Golden State Warriors, the Warriors are receiving Chris Paul after being rerouted from the Phoenix Suns, mm. went to Washington, now ending up in Golden State. The Wizards receive Jordan Poole, the 2030 first-round pick, and a 2027 second-round pick, just adding to their war chest. Done a really good job this little last week or so of accumulating assets. Um, and getting Jordan Poole as well, like a guy mm. that they can kind of build around. We'll get to see him... Yep almost run this franchise now, be the kind of the number one guy. That's It's so intriguing, this one, for mine, because it, we've seen Jordan Poole. He's a high-volume scorer on his day. He, when he's hot, he's very hot, and when he's cold, he's ice cold. But leading a franchise, he hasn't had to do that before. Is he going to be a guy who we can lock in for 25 a night going I, forward? I think so, and I think partly it'll be because there'll be so little expectations and pressure, mm, and partly yeah. due to the fact that there's not many other guys probably that are going to score in this starting five. So mm. I, I think you can probably lock him into that. He, yep. He's going to – it's probably not going to be a real efficient 25, but he'll, he'll get 25 he'll get hell of high water, yeah. I reckon. Yep. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that you know plays out with him. But on the Warriors' side – they have just cemented their efforts, again, of extending this dynasty run, really going all in on another chip, maximising what they've got with Steph, Clay, um, Draymond turned down his option during the week, so time will tell how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But with Wiggins as well, adding Chris Paul into the fold, is this is this the big move that gets him back to the promised land? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's something I've been weighing up. He's 38 years of age, That's right? That's old, so old core now. It's not prime CP3 we're talking about. Yep. If it was, then... It could be a different story. Um, you still got a bit to give CP3, and particularly from a facilitating point of view. My big question mark with this trade and CP3 going to the Warriors is, does he fit in with that Warriors current Warriors squad? I, I'm the jury's out for mine because, yep. as I was saying today on the broadcast when they were discussing it, and I 100% agree, is that the Golden State Warriors play style is very erratic. It's very quick. <laughs> Like, it's almost like hot potato. As soon as you get it, you pass it around. Whereas CP3... Methodical, isn't he? Much more methodical, much more calculated, slow. Yeah. Um, so I'm... Who, who's... Like, it's going to have to be him that has to give and adjust to their playing style. Like, they're not going to, you know, build their playing style around a 38-year-old who's never won a championship. God, no. God, no. Um, Does he go to the bench? Well, there's another point and an, mm. an intriguing point within that. 
to, you know, they've lost Jordan Poole, who was really, you know, the go-getter on that mm. second lineup. You know, mm-hmm. he came into the starting lineup in points there and finishing games. But who is going to drive that second unit? You know, we're seeing Kaminga, he'll, he'll be there, he'll develop. Um, you know, there's a couple Moody, there's young guys there, but are mm. they ready to lead a second unit? Don't I, know. I would like to see CB3 come off the bench just be, because I feel like his play, playing style just contradicts the Warriors' playing style far too much for it to work. I know they've got a bit of time between now and the start of the season to work on this kind of thing and for him to get acclimatised, but sometimes it's difficult, particularly in that very end of the twilight in your career, to change and accommodate a completely different playing style. So I think, if anything, I'd like to see him come off the bench and, you know, be a good leader because they do have some really quality young guys on that team who could use the leadership um, in that second unit as well. So, you know, and they've got more than enough firepower in that starting five as it is. They're not... They wouldn't include him for um, offensive firepower. They'd probably include him for, um, you know, facilitation and a bit more experience and leadership in the big games. I think it'll be telling as to whether or not they can still, you know, he's turned down his option, keep Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. If he disappears, I reckon there's a lot higher chance that Paul starts. Yep. Um, whereas if they keep him, I think a bench role would be more suitable. Mm-hmm. Big, big opportunity, though. Like, that's some high-caliber high, high caliber talent they've got. You know, he's had a bit of a track record of injuries over the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. Paul. If they can keep him fit and healthy, limit, you know, the role that he has to carry throughout the regular season, scary proposition. It scary is. Scary proposition coming into the finals. So, But it's uh, also a question for mine. Do, like, do you think this trade helps or hinders them in comparison to where they're yeah. currently at? Because that's I think two question. side of things, because... You've got um, Jordan Poole, who's got age on his side, yep. and he's probably still got – hasn't probably. hit his prime no, yet. No, exactly. So, whereas you've got CP3, you're almost going all in right now. Exactly. If it doesn't pay off, it kind of looks like a little bit of a silly trade. But Yeah, he's a hired hitman, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, yep. I'm absolutely on board. I don't mm. know if it – weighing it up, if it dramatically – Improves them. Mm, I don't uh, think it dramatically does. Gives them a little more stability and a little more, um, you know, you feel like you know at this point in his career what you're going to get a little bit more mm. with Chris Paul mm-hmm. as opposed to the erratic and the highs and lows of Jordan Paul. Yep. Um, but, yeah, granted, I don't know how much it actually does improve them. No, no, I'm with so, you. Time will tell. Time will tell indeed, my friend. Um, a couple of other just quick points that have occurred throughout the week. Um, John Morant suspended for 25 games to start the 2023-2024 season. Mm. Uh, the suspension will come with conditions for his return. Um, I haven't seen too many of what they've been alluded to yet, but he won't be able to participate or be involved with any team activities up until the end of the suspension. For me, did it? You know, he, he gave another apology during the week, and I'm, you know, just with where the league's at, it almost feels like last chance saloon now, doesn't mm. it? Oh yeah, it does, and it almost did after the first time because it's. It's just silly behaviour, and for him to do it a second time, he's got the suspension that was warranted. Hopefully he's learnt his lesson, um, and who knows how he'll respond from this. He he could come back, and it could be like the turning point in his career. Like he might be a, a different type of player, like a more uh, – like doesn't take it for granted as much, and that might reflect in his playing. So who knows? There's there's still a lot of unknowns Ooh. about his return when he does return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where does he fall in our fantasy ranks, Nick? 
is he someone who still goes higher even though he's missing the first 25 games? Or do you try and get him later rounds as a steal when he comes in knowing he's going to make an immediate impact? Well, tough. if you have it like a 12-man league like we normally do, he's probably going maybe late first, early second You reckon round. late first still? Potentially. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. I should have clarified. If he wasn't suspended, he oh, would okay. have been yeah, going. Gotcha. Yep. But because he's now suspended... Ooh. Maybe a few. Four, yeah, five? I don't know. You got to be calculated with oh, when you, you take. Play the long game you as well do. in fantasy. I don't know. Actually, that is an intriguing point. Mm. That's something I'm going to have to really think on. And yep. and all you guys should be thinking out there as well. If you want to join our fantasy league for next season, I think we're going to make it a bit of a money league, aren't we? Yes, yes. We so will. be sure to let us know if you're a fantasy player out there. We would love to hear. We'd love to get you involved. The spots will fill up fast. Mm. So please reach out to us, and we'll uh, we'll make sure to make a note and uh, get it get Put it happening. In. Yep. Um, another couple of real quick points here. After a seven-year, 17-year NBA career, Lou Williams officially announced his retirement during the week. Sweet Lou was a three-time sixth man of the year, as well as being the NBA's all-time leading bench scorer. Across 1,123 games, he averaged 14 points, two rebounds, three and a half assists, whilst developing into the, one of the league's most prolific three-point shooters in the latter stages of his career in particular. Hell of a career. Oh, hell of a career. Hell of a career. Like, uh, there was a stage there, like for a long period, where you sort of almost just penciled him in for six men of the year yeah. every single season. Even yep. if he didn't win it, he would be the favourite most most seasons, and rightly so because he provided such electricity and such a heartbeat off the bench every single season, particularly in his prime. And yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's it, sad to see him go, like someone who had that much of an impact off the bench, but well deserved retirement. I yep. loved his relationship he had. Uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago with Montrez Harrell. Yep. That that iteration mm. of, of the Clippers and that, that spark fun. plug, yep. that, that one-two punch off the bench was just Electric. awesome to watch. Mm. So, yeah, wicked career there for uh, Lou Williams. Sweet, sweet Lou. Last point here, Michael Jordan. During yeah. the week, he has agreed to sell his majority stake in the Hornet mm. for an approximate $3 billion valuation, according to league sources. Uh, this ends his 13-year tenure as a majority owner. owner. Purchased the state in 2010 for $275 million, mm-hmm. cashing out 13 years later for $3 billion. <laughs> That's unfair. That is a plus 10x in like return on investment. He's um, not short of coin as it is. That's outrageous. He's just gone isn't it? berserk. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Hell of an investment. Yep. Uh, it's since coming out. He'll still be around the franchise, though, in some capacity. I know he played a big part as to who they chose between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. Mm. So he's certainly going to have his fingerprints all over the Hornet still, but um, it'll be interesting to see what, what direction the new new owners take it. But I tell you what, he is a savvy, savvy man, isn't he? Oh, he knows what he's savvy doing. Savvy man. It, just one of, the, one of, if not the best player of all time, and off the court as well, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a, he's a businessman, isn't he? First and foremost. Joe, yes. First and foremost. So... Guys, there wraps up another massive week. As as we said, you know, there were a couple of other minor trades throughout the week. Uh, we haven't had quite enough time to process and digest mm-hmm. it all as of yet. We will certainly do so. No doubt there will be plenty going on over the next couple of weeks as all the news continues to break. We can't wait. It is imperative if you want to stay up to date with all the latest trades that you follow our socials, guys. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok to get the latest news from across the NBA and the NBL. Um, as well as subscribing wherever you listen to the show so as to never miss another episode. Bro, what a week. It is, even though the season is over, it is unrelenting. It almost just picked up a notch as soon as the season ended, as the NBA season generally does. (laughs) It does indeed. It is 
an absolute blur and a haze at the moment as it will continue to be for the next couple of weeks and leading into the summer league, mm. which isn't that far away either. Not just around the corner. That is scary to say. Mm. But uh, from myself, from Lee, who couldn't be here tonight, and from Ro, we thank you for tuning in with us each and every single week. Continue to do so, and we'll continue to bring the magic. Till next week, guys. Take care.